I would like to give thanks to the ancestors, known and unknown, those who have paved the way for us to survive this moment of time and to have a reference point to use as a blueprint to deal with these hellish times we are living in. I would also like to give honor and reverence to the woman of the universe for your superior work, for bringing forth the spiritual information through the triple stage of darkness of your womb and giving birth to God. We would like to give reverence to the universe and praises to the indigenous. My name is Raheem Shabazz, and this is Necessary Blackness Podcast. Necessary Blackness Podcast is independently owned, and we do not accept sponsorship dollars from corporations. We are supported by the people such as yourself, who know that in war, the first casualty is the truth. We are at war with racism and white supremacy. We must continue to tell the truth. Support us by purchasing your Necessary Blackness t-shirt by sending an email to NecessaryBlacknessPodcast at gmail.com. Check out NCJ, MusicCultureJournalism.com. Hip-hop is a global movement reaching all aspects of music, culture, and journalism. NCJ is the premier destination for culture-driven video and editorial content around the country. Check out musicculturejournalism.com. Log on today. Wingy Apparel is the latest fly and revolutionary streetwear to hit the market. Wingy is the outfitters of freedom fighters everywhere. Wingy is a Swahili word that means abundance. No one has ever gone broke by giving. So if you have it in abundance, sharing is better than receiving. Follow us on Instagram at Wingy Apparel. That's at W-I-N-G-I-A-P-P-A-R-E-L. Necessary Blackness Podcast, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. with award-winning journalist and filmmaker Raheem Shabazz. This podcast is only for those who are unapologetic because the mind of the conscious man or woman recognize no monopoly on truth. Truth is relative and always to be sought. Peace and power, black family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz, and we are here for another episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast. And today, family, we're going to talk about a lot of things that's going on in the media. Now, Instagram decided to stop using the like button. A lot of people are celebrity driven and they're doing it for the gram. They're doing it for the like. Instagram said, nope, we're going to put a stop to that. So I wonder how this is going to affect people that is ego driven by these likes and being seen and being noticed and twerking and Doing all type of things. I don't know, man. Maybe they'll go back to World Star. But the most important thing that a lot of people are wondering is how influencers and businesses are going to be affected. Because a lot of people make money off of Instagram because of their influence. And sad as it may seem, a lot of people get their news from Instagram. (laughs) So... That is something to ponder on. That is something that is going to be developing. I understand that they did it in other countries. And just last week, they rolled it out in the United States. However, 
my Instagram likes is still going on. So it hasn't directly affected me, which I really don't care. So that's what's going on in the news. And another story is about Rodney Reed, the brother that is on death row in Texas. And I spoke about him on the last podcast. And fortunately, the brother was able to get a stay of execution. Now, Amanda Seals, who's a comedian and actress, took to Instagram and she says that she's withdrawing the support that she gave to Rodney Reed. And had she known all the facts of the case, she would have never gave the support. And here is a little excerpt of what she put. She said, it's very telling, not just his family, but persons who fancy themselves as activists were doing so with the knowledge that Rodney Reed is not just accused, but has been linked to previous rapes via his DNA being discovered within the victims. And she went on and on and on. And you would have thought she was the prosecution the way she was laying down the details and the facts, allegedly what was the facts of the case. Now, let me give you the facts, ladies and gentlemen. The facts is Rodney Reed was acquitted by jury in those cases that she's alleging. That's number one. Number two, the Innocence Project that took on this case combed through thousands of papers of transcripts, witness testimony, and prosecution evidence that was collected when they took on this case. This is a procedure that they go through. Uh, the Innocent Project has a very good record of getting formally convicted individuals that are on death row exonerated from bogus charges, criminal rights, uh, civil rights violations, Brady issues, and every human rights violation that you can imagine that goes on in the courtroom. These guys comb through evidence and they find out what's the real deal. So they took on this case. These are experts. They challenged the evidence and they prevail. Another known factor and that weighs heavily and must be taken into consideration is that a conservative board of parole and pardon looked into this case. And whenever you have conservatives that are overturning a conviction for a black man that's sitting on death row, then you know that the case got to be so egregious that human and civil violation rights has to occur in that case for them to overrule and ask for a stay of execution. I don't understand. When you have a team of renowned forensic DNA experts who have concluded that it's medically and scientifically impossible for Reed to be guilty, but an actress and comedian who stars on a show called Insecure, of all names, found him guilty as charged. And a lot of people was taking what she's saying and was running with it. But the truth have came out. Um, people are well aware that a lot of things that she said, she was misinformed on. If you know the backstory, you know one and two things. Number one. Reed was having a consensual relationship with the fiancé of a white police officer who was later charged with rape. He's the one who killed her. Let's make it all make sense, family. The battle was not over and the war has not been won. The stay of execution only delays the execution for 120 days. There's more work to be done. His lawyers, 
uh, prison reform activists, those that are opposed to the death penalty are working overtime to make sure this man either gets another trial or that he is freed from imprisonment. And I don't think that we should take the words of someone that hasn't studied this case but for what, the last 30 days that it has become national news as opposed to individuals that work over a decade on this case? We got to be more smarter than that. And a lot of people don't like Amanda Seals for their own reason. I personally don't have a problem with her. But after this shit, I don't know. Amanda, you got to stop it. You got to stop it. It doesn't look right. It doesn't sound right. And it's making you look bad. And it's giving people ammo not to like you. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick commercial break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the situation with Colin Kaepernick, everything that happened leading up to the workout, what happened after the workout, and is Colin Kaepernick ever going to get signed to the NFL? And does it even matter if he gets signed? Because the truth has already been told. You want to know what the truth is? Stick around. We'll be right back. This is Raheem Shabazz and you are tuned in to Necessary Blackness Podcast. Get your hand out of my pocket! Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's your man, Mr. X. Get your hand out of my pocket. Letting you know to catch our brand new podcast on SoundCloud.com slash G-Y-H-O-N-P. Go to YouTube page right now. Subscribe right now. Listen, right now. We on Twitter and we on Facebook and we on Instagram. We got the information. We're combining consciousness with activism. Don't be on the couch yakking at yak. Get out, do some real work. So check us out at Get Your Hand on My Pocket YouTube. I hope to see you there because it's brand new, it's fast acting, and we on the ground. Trust. Yo, I only got one thing to say to you. Get your hand out of my pocket! There's a war going on, and don't get scared now. Peace. Elementary Genocide provides a critical expose of mass incarceration, the war on drugs, and the connection between slavery, capitalism, and the prison industrial complex. Visit our website at www.elementarygenocide.com. Now available, Elementary Genocide, the School to Prison Pipeline. Elementary Genocide 2, the Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration. And the newest release, Elementary Genocide 3, Academic Holocaust. Log on today to purchase your very own three-set docuseries. Check out MCJ, musicculturejournalism.com. Hip-hop is a global movement reaching all aspects of music, culture, and journalism. MCJ is the premier destination for culture-driven video and editorial content around the country. Check out musicculturejournalism.com. Log on today. Tune in for the drop. I am Dr. Kira Taylor. And when I'm tired of listening to fake news, I will listen to some real news and I will check into the Necessary Blackness podcast with my friend Raheem Shabazz. Raheem Shabazz is one of my guys from way back and you're now listening to his show, Necessary Blackness Podcast. 
Stay tuned. This is a cool up cultivated roots media, and I choose to tune into necessary blackness because staying connected to my blackness is very necessary. This is Shirley. When I'm not in the gym, I'm checking my son out on his podcast. Make sure you check out Raheem Shabazz. Yeah, this is Professor Ed Garns. When I am not spreading liberation theology throughout my classrooms as an African centered therapist, I am chilling with my homie Raheem Shabazz on a necessary blackness podcast it's essential yo that's what i'm talking about man you'll hear it here first (laughs) now our feature presentation okay we are back from our quick commercial break and i am your host raheem shabazz and today we're going to talk about our topic at hand and that topic is colin kaepernick race class and power in america Now, as many of y'all know, Colin Kaepernick had a workout that was commissioned by the NFL. He decided to hold his own workout. We're going to talk about why he made that decision. And also, when he did hold his own workout, he was wearing a Kunta Kente t-shirt. Many people were surprised. Many people don't even know who Kunta Kente is. And for those that don't know, let me give you a little backstory on that. If you haven't already read the Pope's Prize winning novel, Roots, Kunta Kente was a fictional slave. And he was given the option of having his foot amputated or him getting castrated. Colin Kaepernick has the option of playing for the NFL or working for Nike. I can see why he compares himself to Kunta Kente. He refused to be called or treated like Toby, and he defined his oppressors. I get the correlation, and so did everyone else but Stephen A. Smith. And we're going to talk about him, and we're going to play some audio with other individuals taking him to task. And one of them was a co-host on his show, uh, First Take, and this co-host is actually a Caucasian. And he agreed with Colin Kaepernick's decision. First, let's run everything down. Colin Kaepernick's team heard from the NFL on Tuesday and was told that there would be a Saturday workout. They wasn't given 36 hours to even consider the office. They was given two hours from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. to take it or leave it. That don't sound like someone that wants to go into business with you when they give you two hours to make a decision when you have lawyers, agents going over contracts, agreements, and hashing out last-minute details. So that's number one. Number two, Colin Kaepernick's team told the NFL there was too many issues to resolve with a short period of time, and they asked could it happen the following Tuesday, which also was a work day allowing the team top decision-makers to attend and to buy more negotiation time. You know what the NFL said? No. So they said, you know what? Most teams are traveling, and if y'all want to do it on a Saturday, let's do it the following Saturday. You know what the NFL said? No. So Colin Kaepernick and his attorneys, they were still going to attend the workout. I think the linchpin or what you want to say, the straw that broke the camel's back, was the waiver. And in this waiver, from what I'm being told, 
that he was going to forfeit all his rights to take legal action against anything that occurred at the workout. And if he decided that there was collusion, he couldn't bring a second suit. The term was so broad that his lawyers and everyone else said that it would have been malpractice if he would have allowed him to sign it. So what I'm hearing now is only eight teams attended the second workout that he had. And one of the executives said he still has an elite arm. And if you watch the footage, you can see that this man is ready to play. There's no denying his talent on the field. But see, the problem with these 32 team owners is not his ability or his talent on the field. It's his activism. Him standing up, being unapologetic, and speaking truth to power, which many people don't do. Stephen A. Smith being one of them. Stephen A. Smith is an $8 million man that gets paid $8 million annually from ESPN. So he's not going to rock the boat. He's not going to challenge the system, which is the NFL, because his job is on the line. Let me let y'all hear um, some audio from different discussions surrounding the Colin Kaepernick so that you can get a better understanding. All of the media that was at the originally scheduled workout made it to Colin's actual workout. But only eight of the 32 teams made it, even though it was on the way to the airport. So in other words, that's NFL spin. It's not actually that it was too far away to make it. It was that they didn't want to move it. Now, why did Kaepernick's team handle it this way? They don't believe the NFL. They believe that the whole thing was a way to smuggle in a waiver that Colin Kaepernick could sign away his rights. Are you saying that they stipulated the fact that he would sign an addendum to the contract and then that would just eviscerate and get rid of every right he had? That's what, I can't that's believe he could that. never that's sue the NFL. That's apparently. what they believe the phrasing allowed. It was yeah. open-ended enough for them to do it. And they believe, based on the NFL's behavior, um, we'll give you a personnel list. No, we won't. We'll I do this. No, we won't. May I pause you? It is a standard waiver. Releasing the NFL and the Atlanta Falcons should a player have sustained an injury during the workout to prevent a player from claiming entitlement to workers' compensation if there was an injury. There is a part in there that is vaguely enough worded uh, that seems to give the NFL an argument that Colin Kaepernick has no right to sue them for anything going forward from the last from the last settlement price of for the workout. price of a workout, which even if he was on the NFL roster, which may or may not be true based on Wait the merits, a second. You guys have two different statements, right. or that's just part of the statement? No, 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 no. What happened it's is, two different is, what happened is, be clear no, on what's happening. What happened is the NFL had a liability waiver they presented yes. to Colin Kaepernick. I understand that. They presented that to Colin Kaepernick. As of Saturday, Colin Kaepernick's camp came back with an edited version of their waiver. Mm -hmm. And in their waiver, they omitted whatever it was Mm -hmm. that you were alluding Mm to. There's a term in politics called useful idiot. Mm -hmm. It means someone who propagandizes without realizing what they're doing. They're being used by someone else. It is possible that I am here a useful idiot for Colin Kaepernick's camp, or that Stephen A. is for the NFL, right? And you can decide yourself. But I have found the Kaepernick's camp's argument more persuasive than the NFL's argument. I find them more trustworthy than the NFL and based I on th- what I understand. Man, I can't with Stephen A. Smith. He don't understand. 
Yo, you can literally see crumbs from the butter biscuits falling out his mouth. If this Negro ain't tap dancing, I don't know what he doing. See, what he don't understand is all sports fields that blacks dominate on are nothing but plantation with powerless slaves making money for who? Rich white men. The slaves might make more money than they did in the past, but their numbers are so small and the masses of people will still suffer in a society of vast economic inequality and police brutality across racial lines. The athletes that do prosper under white institution are nothing more than $40 million slaves. Yep, I said it, $40 million slaves. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm referencing a book. Make sure you read that book, $40 million slave. Somebody need to give that book to Stephen A. Smith because he continues to enhance the very system that enslaves him and so many others. And we now know why, because he receives $8 million annually from being a sportscaster on ESPN. That's right. Here's a little more of Stephen A. Smith. And listen to his co-host. This is a Caucasian gentleman who is in stark disagreement to his narrative on what Colin Kaepernick should have did and if the NFL was trying to undermine him. Listen and pay attention, family. One of the things that I don't think you get and I repeatedly have had to tell you this, <clears throat> is when it comes to the reality of a situation, you often shove that aside in the face of, well, you know what? This is right, period. And I understand where it's coming from. But what I'm saying is, and I've said it many times to you before, so this is not blindsiding you. It's easier to say that when you're white. The fact of the matter is, Dr. Michael Eric Dyson just highlighted from an historical perspective, how right you were in everything that you said. But we also talked about the reality of the circumstances that <coughs> Colin Kaepernick was facing. To walk into the workout with a Kuta Kente t-shirt, knowing that 32 owners, most of them did not want you in this league, that they had to be convinced that Rock Nation and Jay-Z obviously in concert with Roger Goodell basically organized this. To get 25 representatives, to get 25 teams send representatives to go and watch your workout, to guarantee you the raw footage and the footage that they would send to all 32 teams, to talk to you about the interview, give you a heads up on what the questions would be, give you a heads up on what the workout would entail, assure you that essentially we're going to be as fair as we possibly can while not violating our tenets as a league because we've already gone far enough by making an exception for you that we've done for no other player because we recognize the wrong that has been done to you. For you to sit up there and to say that you know what, who cares that he came to the workout with a Kuta Kente t-shirt. I'm telling you right now, if I am a white billionaire who does not identify with nor cares remotely about slavery, its history, all the things that it entails, et cetera, et cetera. If they have that mentality and you know they have that mentality and your quest is to get a job in the NFL, it might behoove you to take a different approach. I am not saying that Colin Kaepernick in terms of his thinking, in terms of what he suspects is wrong. What I am saying is you must know 
that something like that is not going to work in your favor. And if you chose to go that route, why are you behind the scenes with you and your camp encouraging people and imploring people to help you get a job when everything you did Saturday gave an indication that getting a job wasn't I'd paramount like to, in your I'd like mind. i respond to that, and this also responds to your point conveniently. Sure. Okay, I, I understand the position you're articulating. The reality is here's the African-American plight. Here's ways that are effective to deal with it. Here are ways that may be idealistic but ineffective and people not actually in the struggle because race is tied to class in an inextricable way in this country. Um, it's careful how much you kind of idealize things and let's deal with reality. I appreciate that argument. First of all, should Kaepernick be grateful to, as I said, a de facto mm. monopoly who has a greater responsibility, to be fair, for being denied his right to work for three years? For no other reason than, and by the way, right. he broke no rules, he right. broke no laws, okay? That's one. Two, now I want to directly address this to you, Stephen A., and to that point. What am I to do with my privilege as a white man and as a person on TV with an enormous platform, which, by the way, I benefit from the platform that you built primarily? <clears throat> what am I to do with that power, right? Am I to support the power structure that where where injustice is ongoing or should I speak truth to power using that privilege and that platform when you say things like Colin Kaepernick who are you as a black man who's been who unjustly and 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 now you're given this opportunity who are you to ask questions about who the receivers are going to be why it's last minute or like you know you Okay, you may be right. People may be right. Hey, Colin, it's not going to be perfect. You're asking them for a job. It's not going to be perfect. However, you know who I am? I'm a member of the media who will ask that question. Why was the workout arranged in this way? Why was there an ultimatum with 48 hours to accept? Why was the, the, the waiver not the standard waiver and would indemnify the NFL against so another lawsuit, according to Kaepernick's camp? Yes, Correct. So they say. Correct. Um, why only on that day? Why weren't cameras allowed in? Why hasn't he been working for three years? I will ask those questions, and I will also say, while you can focus on the world we actually live in, where if you wear a Quinta Quinte shirt, the white billionaires aren't going to like it, I am going to talk about the world we ought to live in and bring pressure to bear so that sooner than later we do live in that world where so the hell what someone shows up with a Kunta Kente shirt. The reason that's significant to people, the reason the white power structure doesn't like it, I understand the sensitivity of Colin Kaepernick. You ain't Kunta Kente. Yeah, but you're Stop. the same. But, but, but I do understand also that, yeah. that when that story was told in that miniseries on the Alex Haley book, people identified with a largely fictional character. This was what people went through. But you're this is the injustice. Y'all see what I'm saying? I know y'all see it. We have to ask ourselves, why would Stephen A. Smith, a prominent black man in sports media, talk so harshly about Colin Kaepernick and do everything to undermine his effort? What is it he is to gain? Anytime you encounter a black man who defends the white power structure with such passion and vigor, you need to watch them. Our brother Malcolm X said to run from black people that white racists love and run to black people white racists hate. I'm telling you now to run as fast as you can from Negroes like Stephen A. Smith.
We can't allow individuals such as Stephen A. Smith change the narrative. That's why it's very important that we continue to support independent black media that does not pander to the views of mainstream media. Remember, to exhort real change, we must have power and social justice, which is linked to economic sustainability. You can't have one and not the other. So that's why I continuously tell y'all, support Necessary Blackness podcast with advertisement, donation, and just give us some online support. Retweet our tweet. Share our Facebook like our page on Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you want to just drop us an email, you can do so at necessaryblacknesspodcast at gmail. So family, before I get up out of here, I'm going to let y'all know about two events. There is one that's coming up, and this one is December 7th, Saturday, December 7th, at Madhu Bookstore. The bookstore will be celebrating the 29th anniversary. That's monumental. The bookstore has been in existence for 29 years. I will be in attendance. I will be vending. I will be speaking. There's going to be a lot of people from the community that come out. I'm going to let y'all know more about this as time go on, but make sure y'all come out and support Madhu Bookstore December 7th, Saturday, 2019. Also, family, another event. The Foundational Black American Convention is happening in Atlanta. Please go to the Indiegogo page and purchase your ticket. This is a nonpartisan event that's happening in Atlanta in 2020. There's going to be an educational event that features expert panelists from Black America, speakers and professionals. There's going to be think tanks that will brainstorm on solutions for a foundational Black American agenda. The brother Tariq Nasheed is putting this on. Make sure y'all come out and y'all support. They're going to be going over strategies on getting reparations, strategies on Black business development, creating directories to connect with Black business, organizing retainer pools for black lawyers, networking with independent black-owned schools, creating discussion panels with black health professionals, and much, much more. So remember, all roads lead to Atlanta in 2020 for this foundational black American convention. I'm going to be in the building. You need to be in the building. So that's it for me this weekend. This is Necessary Blackness Podcast, and I am your host, Raheem Shabazz. Peace and power, black family. I'll see y'all next week.